0: This is the Websites.ca podcast, where we help Canadian small businesses build and maintain an effective website and online presence.
1: Hello, everybody. Sean Corbett here, Websites.ca Marketing. Today, I'm joined by a special guest and my friend, Josh, he's a programmer, he's a marketer, he has many hats and he runs an agency called Revere Technologies. He's going to crack open his brain and let you behind the scenes of basically how to get leads online, how to build your business and how to think about the web a little bit differently. So Josh, thanks for being here today.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: So, we were talking before the podcast, and I was saying, you know, are you 50 50 programmer, marketer? What's your background? Da, 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 and you had kind of an mm. interesting answer. So, I suppose we'll lead with
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I started in the real estate world, actually, uh, not unlike yourself, I believe.
1: I did mortgage broker for about
0: a year leading up to the crash. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect timing. No kidding. Hey, eh? yeah. I, I actually started in 16. So, I, I'm, a a few years removed from that. But yeah, I started as a like a residential real estate agent. And uh, as anybody knows, in the real estate world, you were uh, your prospects in the first couple of years are, you know, not tremendous. Uh, You're kind of a self starter, you have to generate all your own business yourself. So while I was, you know, selling zero homes in my first six months, I was like, Hmm, what can I do to generate more business? And that's where I started really learning about um, really the online world, marketing, uh, advertising, everything. Uh, So it was kind of in that drought of real estate business that came about my um, interest and love of advertising, marketing, and what led into web development and programming. Like I I, I laugh because before we started this podcast, it was like, what is your title? And I'm like, I don't even know what my title is. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> when you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to figure things out like you said
1: especially in in, in a, a new industry where it's so reliant on network right mm-hmm. you almost have to just pick a, a lane to specialize in and go super deep on that and see where it brings you out and i guess you decided to do online lead generation right
0: yeah that would be i would say that would be the if we want to pinpoint that would be for sure the uh the the market that i was looking to fulfill
1: yeah so was it like practically 99 online or were you still doing
0: a lot of hustling in person and trying to do both offline and online too you know at that point so in the interest career? yeah the interesting thing was like we started with um i started on a team and the team was like okay we're going to generate these really shitty online leads for you yeah and we're going to essentially put these in a crm and you're going to call these people and bug the hell out of them. And I was like, okay, I mean, that seems to be the way that all real estate agents are doing this. So I did it for about two weeks and I was like, wow, these people really don't want to talk to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, okay, why don't they want to talk to me? And it was because the lead funnel that we were using was, um, it was a locked off website so that people could see listings. So, you know, we're just asking people for their email and phone number on this website and they're giving it to us so that they get access to this website, but they don't want to be contacted. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you, there may be one in thirty, one in forty that was like, "Oh, thanks for reaching out." Like, you know, maybe in six months, maybe a year, I'll be interested in, you know, buying a house or something like that. And I'm, yeah, you follow follow up with those people, but the amount of you know f offs and stuff you receive is very high. So I was like, okay, interesting. This is not working the way that I would hope it would. So why don't I change the lead funnel. Why don't I make a website for my business and be like, we want to provide you with a home evaluation. So like the people that are actually coming in the door are wanting the information that I'm wanting to give them changed overnight right then and there. Cause the people that were contacting us, 90% of them were like, I want to sell a house. And I'm like, right. awesome. Uh, so, I mean, it, it was simply changing the offer And well, leaving the team that I had originally started on hating my life, moving to a different place and and actually having some control. Um, so from there I was like, okay, how do we make this offer better? How do we ramp up advertising keywords, negative keywords, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm essentially a marketer now on top of a realtor. Um, and and from there, it just was like, okay, I want more control. So two years later in Alberta to get your real estate broker's license, you can do it after two years of being in the industry. So I was like, okay, that's what I want to do because I want to generate leads for agents and kind of grow this and, and make a business out of it. Whereas a lot of realtors are kind of more, they're the face of the business. They are the whole thing. And, you know, we know where that ends up sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, okay, let's, how do I scale this? And that's kind of my background into internet advertising and and all of that. Uh, It was trying a lot of things, but also realizing that it's really your offer and you know, how you're really creating these ads, writing these ads, the copywriting that gets people in the door. And then it also filters them out and shows, you know, Adds people to that list that are able to be contacted, and you can help out at the end of the day. Yeah, they're putting up
1: their hands, obviously, and the signaling in a lot different way mm-hmm. than the leads you were originally working with. But I think so. Oh, there's yeah. a lot to unpack there. the the big <laughs> The big realization, I think, it, you know, and feel free to disagree. Obviously, the big mm-hmm. realization is: I'm not a real estate agent, and I don't work for someone else. I'm actually a marketer who markets real estate, and I'm gonna have to work for myself whether or not I want to. I would probably be the big
0: mental turning point, right? It, it that was exactly the mental turning point. It was like I don't I can sell this many houses per year and make x amount of income, or I can help a lot more people sell a lot more houses and then make a percentage off of that. And it's like, well, now I'm a marketer. I'm not actually a real estate agent. I'm a a business owner right i'm an entrepreneur
1: <clears throat> and you went from sort of a, a, like a person and then you get into real estate you, start, you suddenly become a commodity really because there's so many it's not that hard to enter right the barrier to entry is pretty low and then so how do you differentiate yourself but then suddenly you go back from being a commodity to a unique offer again because now you're getting the real estate agents to come to you for the one pain point they have that no one else exactly. could, could solve for them yeah so then the other two things i wanted to hit on that are really interesting and in what you said are. Um and I see this a lot with a lot of clients, and not just in websites.CA, but I do marketing obviously for people outside the websites.ca ecosystem. And every uh, niche or industry or whatever you want to call it brings with it a series of secular beliefs. <clears throat> for instance, we've always done things that way or that's what mm-hmm. everyone does. And I'm sure you found the same thing people get really uh, upset when you suggest otherwise. So if you're saying like look, the leads are trash, Mm-hmm. Oh, well, look at the new guy complaining again, right? We, have, we all have to go through it, buddy. We got a cold call everybody. It's like, well, maybe I don't mm-hmm. have to though, <laughs> right? Yep. So there's, there's that secular belief thing that if you can overcome it, um, even for the listeners, like in your own business, try to think of one thing you do because everyone else does that really it sucks and it doesn't work and stop doing it. There's a great <laughs> actionable thought. But um, can you just clarify for me? I would assume when you change the focus of the leads, uh, obviously the sellers are way more qualified but i would imagine there's way less people at any given time wanting to sell a house than there are people just browsing listings online or is that not correct no
0: that's absolutely correct and i think that what we were what i did was change the funnel so i changed it to really target people that actually wanted me right here right now as opposed to people that were potentially you know browsing but here's the thing in real estate is like People want to see two million dollar houses. Are they actually qualified to buy a two million dollar house? <laughs> nope, not not all of them, right? <laughs> um, as a percentage, not very, not a very high percentage, right? So, yeah. um, what you're doing is is also filtering out tire kickers and people that aren't actually really interested in the uh, business of buying or selling real estate, and you filter them down to. Oh, I actually want to sell my house, and then from there you actually open up a funnel to purchasing real estate too. Because you know, if somebody's selling their house, um, three months down the road when their house sells, they probably want to buy another one, or they need to upsize, or they need to downsize. Or you, how you get in is by you know initially selling their house, and then, oh, hey, Josh, uh, you did a really good job. Help me purchase, help me do these other things, or help my friend, or all these you almost build a funnel just based on that too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to maximize your leads, of course. You wanna you wanna to touch them as many times as possible in their life cycle. So for sure. It's good, it kind mm-hmm. of incentivizes you and your team to give great customer service at that point
0: because you work so hard to get the lead. Oh, for sure. You you work tremendously hard to get that lead, and then it's keeping them in the pipeline for the lifetime. Of that client hopefully they come back again and again or they send you to their friends or you know how it is yeah yeah and i'm glad you brought up the friends and
1: family thing because i know we were talking before about you know like the wideness of funnels or or how um how wide you're targeting so to Mm -hmm. clarify for the audience you know he switched his focus on a different kind of lead but uh, I've never gotten the feeling from you, Josh, that you're too worried about having a wide mouth at the front of your funnel and you can fill in the color. But basically, the, you know, the punchline was you were telling me you might get a lead of someone who the person themselves might not be the buyer or seller of a home or whatever, you know whatever vertical you're in. But mm-hmm. just them knowing about you and you being cool with them when they become a lead, they probably have family, friends who are qualified and they end up referring them to you even if they don't become buyers. Is that right?
0: absolutely i think that what happened was when we changed the quality of the lead that came in and showed them that we could actually help them you also show them that you can help their friends or their family or whatever so your your net is very wide but people discount word of mouth marketing today in the world of the the internet and you know instant replies and such where those word of mouth People are worth a tremendous amount. It's it's intangible, really, how much these people are worth to you in the long term. Um, and I think that a lot of people are discounting that um, that wide net that only gets wider as people see what you're do- doing and how you can help people.
1: Yeah, as long as you have a bit of patience, right, and a bit of a time horizon, then it might
0: not be instant. Well, time horizon in in this business was, you know, years potentially. Yeah,
1: right, right. Okay. So then let's talk maybe about some of the the unforeseen um, hurdles that you encountered. And uh, I thought it was interesting to bring you on because, you know, often either we talk to business owners who feel like they have to hire someone like you. And then on the podcast, I bring on a lot of, Uh, vendors, let's say, right? Contractors who do marketing like you, but you were Mm -hmm. both the marketer and the business owner at the same time. So I'm thinking you must have hit some hurdles. You can't... First of all, you can't slough the blame off right, on a vendor (laughs) and say, well, that guy's an idiot. I'm going to fire him. Um, But but then also you have to have, like we're talking about a longer time horizon, like, okay, well, if it didn't work on the first try, I'm not gonna fire myself. So what am I going to do to fix it? Uh, maybe you could identify one or two of those big hurdles and how you actually finally overcame them.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think the first hurdle would have been um, the learning process and the learning curve of, of the advertising. And then also learning everything that goes along with it. So there's you know, negative keywords. There's retargeting. There's all these different things that you can do to really see how a campaign is working. Um, so I think the the first thing that I did was just throw money at the campaign and just, you know, hope that things came back to me. Um, when things didn't, you have to be like, like, well, what am I doing wrong? Where can I actually improve here? Uh so the first thing that you can do is look at how do I make this campaign stronger? How do I uh eval- how do I change the keyword structure? How do I do these? different things in the campaign that could raise the quality of the campaign to something that actually is successful in returning on investment uh but but you had a unique you had a
1: unique ability as a marketer because being from the real estate space yourself you had a keener insight into what the people might be searching right like sometimes marketers come in totally blind and they're just guessing absolutely right yeah. and the person who hires them is said well I hired you you do the job I don't have time like no no please get on mm. the phone and tell me right are people searching for this or this and a lot of times like like business owners would just go well I don't know both neither I don't care do your job <laughs> And they don't realize that like, we kind of need that, like you said, right? Negative keywords for people who don't know is, is yeah. there's, there's terms for people who search, but then Google's casting a wider net as well. So they're bringing mm-hmm. you in all these other folks who might not be qualified and you as the marketer have to go in and say, well, if they search for my main keyword, but they added this extra descriptive keyword, I don't want them in. So that's, that would be a negative keyword. It filters them out is what he's saying.
0: Yeah. A little bit of of lingo there, but yeah, exactly. And I think that the thing that you come to learn too, is these these platforms that you're using, uh, they're designed to spend your money, right? So your intent is to get leads in or to sell product or service, but the intent of the platform is to get you to spend your money. So what you actually have to do is take that wide net that that platform's casting wider than I would like to cast (laughs) to, 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 you know, um, kind of talk about what we were talking about previously, but you want to take that super wide net and actually bring it back down to earth to something that you really want to target. So for example, in the real estate industry, you know, people are looking at rentals, for example, well, I'm not actually interested in helping or looking at rentals right now. So I don't want to be targeting anybody that's looking for a rental property or they're looking to um, rent something tomorrow, right? Because that's a huge, huge market in the real estate world is is people that are actually looking to rent, not purchase. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to take that funnel and make it much more narrow to alleviate the searches that are coming in from people that are wanting to rent. Um, were I a property manager, I would be looking for those people, but I'm not right. Um, so I think that that was a big turning point for me. was like, I was spending a lot of money and then I was like, oh, well, the quality is so much wider than I really want. I only really want to be targeting, you know, 25, 30 keywords where it's targeting hundreds. And I'm like, oh, well, these are not actually relevant to the people that I'm looking to help.
1: Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. And then, of course, it's costing more money and, yeah, getting a lot more junk and so on. So was there any... Um, you, you definitely f- focus on that, on that the start of the funnel with the advertising. And now I've read tons of stuff online that'll say, <clears throat> you know, once you have a customer list, once you really have your demographics narrowed down, that you could target super, super close in on the person and focus on, say, conversions or sales or, or whatever um but like you said the the way a lot of the ad platforms are set up is they're set up to spend your money as fast as possible so if you tell it you know you tell it what you want it's going to take you at kind of a cartoonish version of your word and go crazy spending your money was there ever an instance where you started having different funnels set up where you got extremely granular down the line once you had done this for a long time or do you really just prefer to to kind of get as many semi-qualified people in as you can and do your filtering then you know sort of person to person or within your agency rather than on ad platforms in other words what i'm saying is like are you looking for a conversion that's further off from the final sale always or were you ever doing ads that were right next to the final conversion point for the customer
0: uh that's a great question it's super relevant i think for what i'm doing like currently you cast a really wide net but as you fine tune and filter and get down to what you actually are looking for, you start finding something called long tail keywords. And I'm sure you're aware of that in your audiences too, where you are targeting a keyword that probably nobody else in the world is targeting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, like it is so granular, granular, rather, uh, so specific that I would hazard to guess that about, 25% of the actual keywords that I begin targeting on a campaign after running for three, six months is so specific that I don't really think anybody else in the world is targeting it. So you, you learn about your audience and you start bringing it down to people are looking for this much specifics. Let's write a keyword for that and let's start targeting for it. And you pay next to $0 for these keywords because they're not competitive. They're not something like real estate agent. They are much more specific. And all of a sudden, your campaign goes from, you know, a ROI of maybe five times to an ROI of 30 times.
1: So you can basically look at historically, look at all your leads and look at how they came in, which keywords they searched, right? To originally see your ad and click on it. And then you're just looking for patterns from there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and I think that um, the world of SEO is, it's not dead, but I think it is kind of dying now that you have all these artificial intelligent programs that are writing SEO. But when you target a long tail keyword in a advertising campaign, you're put at the top. And it's something that is so specific that people are like, how did this even know that I was looking for this? Yeah. <laughs> they click right. on it immediately. They come into your funnel and you're like, Oh, well, I'm what you're looking for. Right.
1: Oh man. I'm so glad you brought up SEO. Cause I, I absolutely wanted to swerve in that direction as soon as you said that. Yep. So, so yep. that's some of my background as a writer originally was in keyword research for organic search. And, yep. um, so somebody like you came to me and they said, I've been spending all this money doing ads and I've identified two or three long tail keywords, like, like you say, right? Almost no one else in the industry is targeting. Um, all I'm thinking right away when you're saying that is, well, man, I'll build a landing page in a day and we'll get all that money for free. I'll be, you know, you'll be the first result because you're paying for for the ad, but I'll be the first organic result right underneath you. Is that, mm-hmm. would that be stupid? You say, would you say it now with the current climate, like you said, with with unlimited articles being written? Or would you want to do both or switch just to the, S- the unpaid SEO a landing page?
0: Yeah, I think if it's such a specific keyword, you can eventually go to that completely organic traffic. Okay. I think that um, it, it's just such a, a challenge nowadays. And I, I know that you're super familiar with this, that the... Artificial intelligence programs that be chat, GPT, cough, et cetera, are capable of writing these specific um, articles that are, you know, tailored to something that is uh, a keyword that people are searching for. And I think that you have almost a more competitive market nowadays for that organic traffic than you do for an advertising campaign. And I, I, I almost, I don't say that lightly, it's it's almost turning the mark the market and the industry on its head in that you have these floodings of articles now, whereas if you just advertise, you're put in a de facto top of the list and people come in the door because you're paying not a tremendous amount of money for either.
1: That's interesting. No, that's an interesting angle. Yeah, I mean it's right. hard when when I look at SEO, I I, I have noticed and as as I'm sure you have as well, that anytime mm-hmm. I want to look up a hobby based question for the last mm-hmm. two or three years, I get just You know, I get a a carbon copy version of articles I used to write five, six years ago, where it has to start with a a headline that's a question, then it's got a table of contents, right? The table of contents has half of them are other questions that are searched a lot and then other keyword stuff. And then it's this long article. you got to scroll through the whole damn thing to try to find your answer halfway down. Um, And people are probably getting sick of that, whereas the ads and the landing pages they're going to from the ads are probably just getting right to the heart of their question. So I'm thinking- If you're an SEO guy doing organic stuff or blogger even, I think Mm -hmm. you've got to go in the opposite direction and go... Some guys I've seen who are successful, they go super deep. Their articles are like mini essays and a lot of them are based on uh, experiments and results as opposed to pure info, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not saying, uh, I'll teach you how to do SEO. Let's say there's an article about SEO, right? I'll teach you how to do SEO. What they're saying is, I did these 10 experiments for SEO over the last year. Here's my results. Here's a graph yeah. we had our graphic designer create. And that it's almost like if you wanna get traffic from blogging, you have to even go further out on the funnel, which is like, I'm just gonna give you this massive library of amazing things and make you trust me to get yeah. you into my ecosystem,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I write blogs uh personally, and I almost just never even think about keyword targeting them anymore. I think of just writing articles and throwing them out into the ether. and somehow they find people that are looking for the things that I'm saying. <laughs> right. but also, i I, I figure that I, if I were writing articles for the the goal of SEO, um the sad part is you almost have to become so mechanized in your uh, the the way that you're writing these articles, yeah. that it becomes a displeasure to write these articles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, totally. It's again, I keep saying this on this podcast and in person. It's robots yeah. talking to robots. So if you want, yeah. if you want to do well with the Google algorithm, you've got to get the Chat GPT robot to talk to it. And then, yep. like like you said, it sounds trite to people who are listening, right? But like I I want to put a fine point on this: is you do ads for a specific purpose. But then if you're going to blog, reading between the lines of what you said, Josh, is what I've been saying for 15 years. Just if, if you're a business, just blog, Imagine that you're blogging for a specific customer who asked a specific yep. question or a, or a staff yep. member who asked a specific question, just solve that problem. Because chances are, if someone's asking for that once, they're going, someone else is going to ask for it again in the future. Don't worry about SEO. Don't worry about traffic. Don't worry about like, like fix a problem in your business right now with the blog article. I'll bet you that will yep. become an asset you can use in the future.
0: I'll even add to that. And I think that a blog article is now showing the people that you're human behind the business. So what actually a blog article becomes is a relationship. It becomes the beginning of a relationship. It gets it gets people in the door, and then there's like, oh, Josh is a real person. Oh, you know, Josh like likes this thing or likes this thing. I can relate to that. Maybe I'll use him for this service, right? <laughs> and every single business can benefit based on that because they're like, well, there's always a person behind a business, right? Um, Dude, I can I, I, I can tell solution. you exactly. I can tell you exactly that had just happened with you.
1: I recommended yeah. your I recommended your service to somebody, and yep. before they made the final decision to hire, because they told me, <laughs> before they made the final decision to hire you, they went to your website, they read two to three blogs, and I'm not joking. They're just they picked one thing from one blog, and they're like, oh, "I liked his monitor setup. It shows he's serious." <laughs> <clears throat> like so when you wrote that article, right? You were you probably had like a like a serial killer. You had a cork board and you're like, I'm gonna put what monitor I have because that's gonna attract a client. Like exactly. obviously you didn't
0: do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. No. Like and I think that that's truly what a blog becomes now in 2023 is is you're going back to touching people emotionally. You're touching people like in relationships, you're 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 becoming relatable. Um, and I think that if you write blog posts in that regard, as opposed to, uh, mechanically being like, I need this keyword in here 25 times so that I rank, um, I I don't know, like I can't really help you. (laughs) That's, that's personally my thought, at uh, at least on, on the, on the blogging side of things.
1: And in a sea of robots, yeah, the human connection will always stand out. So it's a sweet.
0: Very much so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now we swerved away, obviously, and, and, we're, and we probably should wrap it up soon. So I wanted to give you the final word, yeah. but we can come back to that topic of ads and targeting leads and so on because you have done this for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. We will tell the folks how to how to find you if they want some help with that type of thing. But yeah, do you have mm-hmm. any any final thoughts as to
0: as pertains to online lead generation in 2023? I think it it truly is like if you want to run advertising, it should be targeted to the people that want to use your services right here, right now. But I think that on top of that advertising, what you can do is really become relatable and, and there's blogging, but I I do think that one of the biggest things you can do nowadays is turn on your camera and talk to a camera and just Mm. show people who you actually are. Um, You know, talk about whatever esoteric ideas you have, (laughs) talk about, you know, just, just everything that you're going through in the process of building a business. Even, um, I think that all of these things are, are tremendously valuable in showing people that you're a person behind, uh, the business, because I think that's what people are really looking for. Uh, nowadays is that they're looking for that relatability. They're looking for that, um, person. They're looking to, um, feel like they're a friend of the business owner. And I think that the people that actually do that are the most successful, um, because people just keep coming back to you after they build a relationship with you. There really is no more like, I need to spend $5 to acquire this lead. Uh, and now I need to nurture this lead It's, It's thinking in terms of becoming more than that. And when you look at it from that perspective, your lead generation really goes to zero. Because all of a sudden you do a good job for one person. They like who you are. They like what you're doing all of a sudden. Oh, my my friend who also is in like relates to me in some way. And you wants to use your business. Here he is introduction go from there. Right. Um, I think that that really is the long-term goal of this sort of thing is that advertising is this wide net. But when you get down to the actual relationship, if you can build that relationship and nurture it and create something that's lasting, you're not going to need advertising 10 years down the road.
1: Long term planning. Josh,
0: how if people want
1: to pick your brain more on this and get some help and maybe commission Revere to help them with their online ads, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
0: Uh, you can read my blog just like <laughs> this uh, this this person that we know who we're talking about did at yeah. uh, joshplays.com or you can uh, go to revereimaginative.com and uh, just shoot me a message on there and I can uh, talk to you about advertising, marketing, all things programming. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Talk to you soon.
1: If you're not satisfied with your current website or the service you get from your provider, you can switch to websites.ca for free and get a great support team behind you. Just visit websites.ca or email Ryan directly at ryan at
0: websites.ca. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time.